Writing evergreen content is the first part of the content marketing strategy that we're talking about today. The next part is leveraging video. Marketing, advertising, and business have never been more accessible in history, and it only gets better every year. But it's hard work, overwhelming, and easy to fall down a distracted path. I'm Eric Soper. Stop marketing to yourself. You are not your customer. And I'm here to help you design for success in your systems, your digital presence, your strategy, and your brand positioning. Come along and we'll walk the road of the entrepreneur together, whether you are an entrepreneur yourself or a marketing titled professional. Welcome to the Clarity Business Design Show. You might have been recommended already by several people that video should be part of your strategy. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the practicality of that without going too far into production tactics because you can find those on video, uh, video focused channels. But talking about why this is important and how to make use of it and try to spend a little bit less time on it than you normally would have if you were starting from scratch, that's my focus for this episode. To begin with, think about how many ways you consume media. Using myself as an example, I might follow one content creator on YouTube and then read his blog posts on social media. And when I am in my vehicle or somewhere where I'm away from a screen, I can't really watch what I'm wanting to watch and I don't want to interact with YouTube's ad-focused delivery method, I might instead listen to his podcast. These are three core areas that seem to be exploding right now. Video has been great for a few years. Written content has been fundamental to human development throughout history. And podcasting right now is exploding because people are listening while they're multitasking. Maybe you are one of those people. Maybe you listen to a podcast while you work on the most boring and fundamental parts of what you do best. And it's a great way to reach out to people, and I'm hoping that you are listening to my podcast while you're going about the boring parts of your day and wanting some inspiration and education and insight. Thank you for listening. Your audience is no different. They might be a little bit different in how much time they spend on one platform or another. They might spend more time on YouTube than you do. They might listen to more podcasts than you do. But as long as they're out there looking for the information you provide, your ideal goal is to be in front of them in some way. Putting videos on YouTube is not only free, it is also accessible and getting easier by the year. Technology advancements in mobile phones have made it easy to produce high quality video without very much equipment and in a quality that would have absolutely astounded us 10 years ago. The first step in producing a decent video is scripting it out. You can wing it, you can just go and start talking, but it's not generally recommended and it will lead to having to shoot the same information several times and then looking back and maybe finding that your content is a little incoherent, a little inconsistent, it just doesn't fit and so you have to start from the beginning. If you've been writing articles, guess what? You already have a script in hand that you can use on YouTube right now. The trick is going to be, of course, setting up your environment to feel confident in presenting yourself on video, but that's not too hard to do. Just make sure it is well lit, make sure that you have some 
visual interest in the back and certainly make sure that your backdrop is not cluttered and make sure that you are in clear focus when shooting with your phone or with your camera. What you're going to do is you're going to turn your article into a video. And ultimately what we're going to do is embed this video inside of that article once it's published. You're going to make the video about the general subject of this article and you are going to cover the same points that you cover in the subtopics within the article and you're going to cover about the same information but with your own personal spin and it's going to be a little more natural it's going to be less edited you are not going to want to read this as a script if you do this you will start to sound robotic. You'll sound like you're trying to force your way into having a good video. And that's not necessary. It's not necessary to have a full script written out. Allow your natural cadence to come through by using the writing as a source for bullet points. Extract the key topics the key points, maybe some of the key sentences from your article, put them in a separate document that you can use as a script, and then work your way through the script on video. If you are able to do this while looking at your computer screen or while looking at a teleprompter, which most people won't have access to, but this is the basic concept, what you can do then is make sure you're maintaining eye contact with the camera, Make sure that you are speaking to the person on the other side of the lens. One person, not your audience, just speak to one person at a time. And you'll have the framework already in place to have an informative video that you can attach to your article and get more traffic. If you have a really long article, such as a master resource on one of your best topics that you update on a regular basis, at the very least yearly, then you might want to break your video into a series of videos that each address a subsection of your article. This can be super helpful because if you have a really long written piece of content, you want to insert some sort of visual break for your reader's eyeballs. You want them to have an, a photo, an image every now and again, maybe a graph or a chart displaying data. Or in this case, you can use video to create a break in your written content. So with those really long articles, you're going to want to produce not a 10 to 20 minute video outlining the entire concept, but you'll want to create a maybe one to five minute video maybe 10 minutes at the longest for each of the subtopics within your greater subject. Not only will this allow your subtopics and single concepts to become the exclusive focus of a video, making your content more clear, but it will also be more modular. If one area needs to be updated, you don't have to update the entire video. You can update just one of the shorter videos and with fresh information, maybe a fresh take, a fresh perspective that reflects how you have changed your perspective on that particular portion of the content. And this can then reflect your writing as you update it every so often. If your article isn't long enough to justify a one to five minute video on each of the subtopics, then you should be able to fit the entire concept and the subtopics within into one video that's maybe five to 10 minutes long. For best results, you'll want to unify the video with a central theme. You'll want to introduce 
this during the video opening and make sure you summarize at the end of the video going back over the points that you've discussed much like you will want to do this in your writing. So why would you want to put in all this work to write an article, launch that on your website or blog, and then go and do the same work again to produce a video covering the same material? Like we mentioned earlier, you probably don't consume content through only one medium. You aren't exclusively on someone's blog, you aren't exclusively on a, on a YouTube channel, unless their content is only on YouTube, then you will watch them only on YouTube. Content that is available on multiple platforms, you generally might consume on multiple platforms, and you want to allow that sort of flexibility for the people who are consuming your content. Not only that, it gives you an opportunity to be in more places, to be searchable in more places, to hit different pools of content and different pools of listeners, readers, consumers across the board. You might have people who never go to YouTube because they absolutely despise it, but they love their Spotify podcasts. And so if you are showing up in Spotify podcasts, then you are in better standing. You might have people who absolutely hate reading long blogs but love watching a five to 10 minute video on YouTube because it pops up, it shows them more content that they can listen to or watch depending on their attention span right after your video. Maybe it's another one of your videos even and they can fall down the rabbit hole and start to build some sort of an asynchronous relationship with you through your content. Conversely, you can also be the video that is recommended to somebody else on a video that they've watched through somebody else's channel. And that leads you to more discoverability than you might normally have with your blog alone. On top of this, YouTube is the world's second largest search engine, and it is directly integrated with the number one search engine in the world, which is Google. Both of them are owned by the same company. They weren't always the same company, but they are now effectively the same. So if you are able to take advantage of the search algorithms inside of YouTube, that is even more benefit that you can earn putting your content out. And you didn't have to think of a second topic. You focused on one topic, one subject matter, and you put out content on two platforms primarily geared towards the two largest search engines in the world, which might actually lend you an advantage above the competitor who only puts out blog posts or only puts out YouTube videos, or worse, only puts out content on social media. What about social media? We've talked about your Google presence, your YouTube presence, your blog, but let's talk a little bit about short form content. This is the third major concept that I wanted to share with you inside of this episode, and that is distributing micro content from your long form pieces of work. Micro content, for those who are unaware, is shortened bits from your main long form content or macro content. Social media is an ideal platform for micro content that directs people back to your longer content resources especially if you in those resources have outlined several interesting points and concepts within. 
Let's say that you're a custom home builder and your job, what you do best is you navigate people from having the desire to build their home to putting the finishing touches on their home and moving in. You might outline each of the 10 steps that they are going to experience in that journey and each step can be extracted and used in a different context, let's say on your social media or on your email list. Email lists are a great way to distribute micro content to an audience that you own, while social media is a great place to put the micro content for discoverability. If you're able to take sentences, paragraphs, even just a single question that is answered within a single section of your article, you can throw those out there into the social media universe, the ongoing stream of consciousness that you're maintaining for your brand online, and bring people in to your resources and the depth of your knowledge that you're sharing online. One of the original examples of sharing short form contents on social media is actually Twitter. Twitter wasn't necessarily the first social media platform, but it was and remains a widely used and very limited space for micro content. Previously, the limit was, I think, 140 characters, and now it's 240, something of that nature. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but it's nearly doubled in the last few years. And so you can extract more of a Facebook post length bit of micro content in your Twitter feed. Doesn't necessarily mean that you should. A huge advantage that the social media platforms have, however, for promoting your micro content is hashtags. You find the hashtags on Twitter, you find hashtags on Instagram, and on Facebook as well. LinkedIn, every platform, every major platform has hashtags now. What you're going to do with your micro content is you are going to do three things. Number one, you are going to integrate an excerpt from your long content. Number two, you are going to integrate a link back to the original source for that excerpt. And three, you are going to add tags that are relevant to the subject matter of the content. How many hashtags should you use? Uh, depends on the platform, but on Instagram, for example, officially the algorithm favors five hashtags as a maximum. This is counter to what social media marketers have been doing for the last 10, 15 years on Instagram. But uh, Instagram's official guidelines from last year did suggest keeping your hashtags limited to no more than five. You don't have to take this as gospel on every platform, but I would start focusing in on your five quality keywords rather than spamming 20 to 25 keywords inside of your LinkedIn content, inside of your Facebook content, and certainly inside of Twitter, because those will eat into your word count. Your URL should be shortened on Twitter. On LinkedIn, it is shortened automatically. On Facebook, it is generally left in its original copy-pasted format, so it's up to you how you want that to be presented. This written micro-content will hopefully bring people from other platforms onto your platform, your website. And once again, your website serves as the hub for this information. That is the goal with your website. When it comes to video content, though, recent years have some exciting developments that allow us to take this fairly traditional practice of putting micro-content from a article or blog post out into the world through social media and brings it into the video space. I am, of course, speaking of the TikTok style 
of video content. TikTok videos are generally 30 to 90 seconds and maybe a small clip of what you have put into a video that you've recorded on your YouTube channel or even recorded natively for the platform. After the TikTok took off and was a wild success among users, Facebook naturally, as they are apt to do, adapted the format, the short form format where you are scrolling through a series of short videos and you're not having to click from one YouTube video to another or one long form Facebook video to another, which is another thing that they do. Um, they took that and they replicated it both inside of Instagram and inside of Facebook. Primarily, this it takes the form of Instagram Reels. I believe that it is best to create native content for this format, for this short 30 to 90 second content format, where it is you're holding your phone up, you're talking about a quick point from your experience, or you're entertaining people with a cool story that you ran into during, during your working hours, something of that sort. But the Second best thing to creating content specifically for those platforms is adapting content you've created for YouTube into those platforms. You can do this by working on your framing, make sure that you, you, the general most important portion of your video only takes up about a third of the video's width and is generally in the center, leaving a third on each side of the subject, which in most videos will be you, um, and allowing that to exist for YouTube's sake and for posting it on Facebook in a 16 by nine landscape orientation. But you can easily crop that video in the, in the middle and use that on Instagram Reels, TikTok, uh, the Facebook Shorts, YouTube Shorts. And these short video focus platforms are highly favored in today's algorithms. If you're listening two or three years in the future, I don't know exactly what the algorithms are doing in your time, but for right now, this is a huge component of video marketing in 2021, bleeding into 2022 where we are now. Micro content, both written on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or your email list, and video content made for TikTok if you want to brave it, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. These are both designed to feed the machine, feed the ever hungry, ever ravenous social media machine and create a consistent stream of consciousness that brings people out of the social media platforms and into your brand's platform on your website and your YouTube channel to consume your knowledge deeply and get a better understanding of what you offer them. Now, what about using your website as a video-based platform? Well, short answer is I recommend leveraging YouTube for this because you can write a thorough description of your video beneath the video on YouTube, and then that is searchable. And as with the posts on social media, you're going to make sure that this links back to the article it is referencing and links back to your website. Once that is published, however, and the video is out on YouTube for people to publicly find, why not help people find it by putting it inside of your article. Take the URL for the YouTube video or the embed code, depending on what your website can support, and insert the video either near the top of your article or if you're using multiple video clips throughout your article above the points where they are relevant. 
This will allow people who find your article first the option to view the YouTube videos without leaving your website. And it will allow people who find your content on YouTube to read farther into the article or save the information off of YouTube if they'd prefer. You can also publish the videos that you create specifically for YouTube natively on LinkedIn and Facebook. I might recommend doing this rather than um, sharing a link to the YouTube channel on Facebook and, and LinkedIn. If you don't have the time to do this, it is best maybe to just take the YouTube link and share it on Facebook, share it on LinkedIn. However, if you take the video file and make sure that in the video you haven't necessarily guided people to take a YouTube specific action or mentioned directly that you're on YouTube, you can take that video file and upload it natively to LinkedIn and to Facebook so that they have the opportunity to serve your content to users of their platforms without doing the thing that the social media platforms want to avoid, and that is linking people off of the platform. Does that make sense? If so, great. If not, drop me a question at podcasts at claritybusiness.design. All right, that's about everything for this episode. To summarize, we have talked about making sure that the content you write is evergreen, that it is relevant for a long time to come, and that you can keep pointing back to it as time goes on. We've talked about leveraging video inside of your marketing strategy and not just creating videos and not just creating articles, but creating these pieces of content in tandem and integrating them with each other in order to increase the searchability and accessibility of your content. And we've talked about distributing your content through short form text on social media and your email lists and through short form video on YouTube shorts and Instagram reels. And if you're brave enough, TikTok, which is currently popular, may not be in the future. Who knows? As always, remember to create your content for a specific subset of people in your audience. Think about the Pareto distribution, the 80-20 rule, whatever you want to call it. 20% of your audience are going to account for 80% of your impact. So don't try and write for everyone. Write for your most impactful audience. And if you want help working through who you're trying to serve, identifying your most impactful audience, and putting together a more personalized social media marketing strategy and content marketing strategy, reach out to us, hello at claritybusiness.design. Drop us an email and we will see what we can do for you. Got questions about this episode? Send your questions to podcast at claritybusiness.design and let us know what else we can dig into on the show in later episodes. Or if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with Clarity Business Design to personalize your strategy and tactics, tell us how we can help you with your digital brand platform by emailing hello at claritybusiness.design. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. Find the Clarity Business Design Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on either of these platforms to help us reach a wider audience. It really means a lot to us. And if you want to network with other entrepreneurs and marketing title professionals, become a member of our group coaching community. Register at community.claritybusiness.design to access our special email list and our Slack channel where we have real-time conversations. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care.